0: This is a radio.com original.
1: They asked my mother, "Do you like uh, red would your would your husband say he likes redheads, blondes or brunettes?" Right. And then the dog, what kind of dog? And he got all the questions wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill Collins said, "Bob, I feel really bad for you. Here's $500 anyways because you're going to need it." <laughs> <laughs>
0: and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars podcast. It has everything a car person loves. Car stories, celebrities giving us car stories, car personalities with their car stories. I mean, let's face it, what's not to like? I'm Randy Cardoon. This week, with us reporting from our Talking About Cars remote studio and our palacious Two Tired Guys LA office, we're giving you a chance to actually hear Some interesting shows, and because we're studios and a little bit of flux going on right now, and of course the whole virus thing's going on, we're going to give you a chance to actually hear part of our award-winning SoundCloud podcast from 2015. That's right, How Time Flies, 2015, and now... Five years later this is a part of a talking about cars classic we have a lot of those editions uh, on soundcloud if you haven't heard uh, our first 93 episodes they're all there uh this one is from wayne carini of chasing classic cars if you've ever watched that show it is a great show and it is always a lot of fun to watch wayne do his thing and he's been doing it for many many years so i caught up with wayne at sema back in 2015 and i asked him how did your fascination with cars begin? Well,
1: my dad uh, started a restoration business back in the 50s, actually, and he was the founder of the Model A Restores Club of America. So we were always uh, had Model A Fords for sure. And then he also restored Duesenbergs and Lincolns and Packards and things like that. So we were surrounded by that type of a car. Up the street from my uh, parents' house was Candy Pool Sports Car Shop, and Candy Pool was a racer, and he had every type of European car. So there was Maseratis and Ferraris and Porsches and Oscars and, and great cars like that. And then my cousin, uh, who uh, lived and, and uh, worked up at my father's shop also, he built hot rods. So I was surrounded by different cars in every different uh, aspect uh, less than a mile from our home. So I think that that had a lot to do with uh, what rounded my liking of so many different types of cars
0: do you remember the first time you got into a hot rod i mean were you kids and taken for a ride what kind of thrill that must have been
1: Uh, i was uh, probably five years old and my cousin uh uh, scared me to death in his hot rod you know and that was his job you know scare wayne to death you know as part it was on the list of things to do you know the first time he always had a hot rod done i was the guinea pig Uh he'd put me in the car to go for the test drive with him You know so there was a constant breaking down you know we would drive down the street and go like heck, and then uh, suddenly the car would break down, and and then I'd have to I'd have to walk home, you know, and get gas or something like that.
0: <laughs> it sounds like it was in your family's DNA. Yeah,
1: it certainly was. I mean, cars have been, you know, and it's but it's but it's been a wonderful thing. When you got into cars, what was your first one? Was it the same one you had in high school? No, my first car. Uh, we were fortunate. We I grew up on a three hundred acre farm, and so it was all uh, apples and peaches and pears uh, orchards and so all all we had lot cars so when i was about eight years old i got my first official lot car which was a fifty one chevy that i bought for twenty five dollars and it was my car that i could rip around the woods in and so uh... uh... it was it was it was a very special car to me and then of course what happens is you wear these lot cars out. So uh, unfortunately, the brakes let go, and and you have to hit a tree to stop, and things like that, or you pull it into a ditch, and so and then it stays there, and you just get another lot car, you know. So
0: I love that. Have to hit a hit a tree to stop. It happened
1: once, and my sister was in the car. Yeah, so I'm not supposed to take my sisters for rides in the car. That was the rule. But uh, my sister Lynn wanted to go for a ride. I lost the brakes. We're going down a hill, and I made her dive down on the floor, and we hit a tree. To stop, otherwise it was just going to continue to pick up speed. So we didn't hit it that fast. I was going probably ten. Fifteen miles an hour at the
0: most but that was still a lot of speed yeah for those who were listening and, and don't get the concept of a lot car explain that so it's it's a car that basically we rip
1: the muffler off of um, and and drive it through the woods uh, so we had all these little roads that would go through the orchards and so we'd get up there and and spin the cars out and you know do all sorts of burnout things and donuts and things like that and and it was it was just so much fun. we laugh so hard and just have such a great time. didn't have to worry
0: about licensing those cars, I don't think.
1: No, no. We're on the family farm, so I'd ride my bicycle up to the family farm from our house, which is about a mile away, and, and I'd be able to just get in the car anytime I wanted to and just drive around. I'm eight years old, so that continued. Uh, and, I'm sorry, you said you were eight years old and you were driving the cars? Eight years old, yeah. Well, we learned how to drive tractors because uh, of course, when you're on a farm, as long as your feet could could touch and and, and all your, you know, your body body parts work properly you you could uh, drive a tractor cuz you were cheap labor so uh, you know they wanted you to be able to drive the tractor yeah. and so we we had pickers that came in and they would pick all the apples and peaches and pears and I would drive the tractor that all the baskets were put on a trailer behind, and I was I was the cheap labor to do that.
0: That's great though. Eight years old, driving a car, and and uh, you know having basically you could do anything with
1: it. Yeah, we could. And then of course we graduated to to stealing um, my parents' cars. You know, so at uh, at 12 years old, I had my own keys made to my mom's Oldsmobile, so uh, they would go out to the movies on Wednesday nights like clockwork, and I would take the car out
0: from the garage and I'd go cruising. Stealing sounds so criminal. Wouldn't like borrowing be a better word?
1: Well, my father seemed to call it stealing. I sort of told him I was borrowing it, but he didn't. He didn't go for that, he and and, and no, he didn't buy that. But uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a crazy time, a different different time in life though, different time in the era of, of, of all of our lives. You know, back in the in the 60s, this was so. Uh, you know, we're talking about 1963. My mother was on the prices Right in 1961, and she she won all these uh, prizes. She won a jet boat, and my father immediately. Traded it in on a '61 Oldsmobile Starfire convertible, which was a phenomenal car. Right, phenomenal. Guys weren't into boats. Now we weren't into boats, but certainly into cars. No,
0: tell me what you remember about her being on the prizes. Right. So
1: she was the champion for the first week. Won a mink stole and and a, you know, a table, a, a television, a color television, and all these things. Second week, my father was on with her because uh, she won a prize, which which. Uh, Made it uh, optional if you you wanted to earn some extra money, so they asked my mother, "Do you like uh, red? Would your would your husband say he likes redheads, blondes, or brunettes?" And then the dog, what kind of dog? And he got all the questions wrong. (laughs) And Bill Collins said, "Bob, I feel really bad for you. Here's five hundred dollars, anyways, because you're going to need it." That's great. Yeah, it was a wonderful thing, you know. And, and what's really cool is is that now I'm on television, and, I, you know, we we are always very proud of my mother to be on this Price is Right show uh-huh. and be on TV. We were like the celebrities in town because she was that way. Sure. And, and, uh, fortunately, uh, unfortunately, she had a stroke, but fortunately, before she had her stroke, she was able to see that I'd been on television too. Very cool. Yeah. Very nice. What was the car you had in high school? So I. I initially started with a 66 MGB. Uh, my first car was actually an MG 1100, which I immediately blew the engine on, and uh, then I was able to buy a 66 MGB, and uh, I, I restored that car to perfection. It was unbelievable. Um, and then drove that during high school. And then in my junior year of high school, uh, a woman asked if if I'd trade for her 66 Corvette Coupe, the 66 mgb and and i said what do you mean trade she says even i like your car um i'd like to trade you even so i traded even uh-huh. for a corvette now this is a guy's dream right to have a corvette in high school uh-huh. i didn't think about ramifications i asked my dad if i could do it and he says yeah it's, but just remember the insurance that goes with registering this car and being in high school yeah and I couldn't get the insurance nobody, nobody would sell me insurance to insure a you know a 16 17 year old with a corvette yeah. so uh, we sold the corvette and uh and, and i thought i was the richest kid in the world because a guy paid me in twenty dollar bills i think i think th- i think i think he paid me forty five hundred dollars or something like that and it was all in 20s and i was i i, I laid it on my bed you know in my yeah. room and i looked at it i said man i'm the richest person in the world you know <laughs> and i with that money i bought a, a volkswagen and i finished uh, uh my high
0: school with a with a 63 volkswagen and uh that was it normally this is a question that would sound a little odd but because you mentioned you were driving at the age of eight the first car you had, were you in high school at the time?
1: Oh, no. I mean, you know, we had many, many cars before high school. Well, you
0: mentioned the MG or the the first MG. MG.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I had an MG 1100, went to the MGB, the Corvette, and then a Volkswagen. I found, found too, that I was getting more dates when I had the Volkswagen than when I had the Corvette because the girls were a little... Uh, maybe a little cautious of going out with a guy with a Corvette. So I ended up having many, many more dates with an old beat up Volkswagen than a Corvette.
0: See you guys out there listening to this show. Volkswagens are the, they, they have their place, definitely. We watch your show and of course you have your business and we always marvel over the cars you have in that business because they're so cool and you have so many different kinds. Personally, what kind of cars are in your garage?
1: Um, uh, probably our favorite car is a uh, Bentley, 26 Bentley, 3-liter touring car. Uh, phenomenal car to drive, and and the whole family enjoys going out for riding it. And I think that's probably the reason why it's our favorite. We have uh, a, a Stutz Bearcat that we just bought, which was on our episode, the uh, uh, 21 Stutz Bearcat with 11,000 miles. Uh, I'm the second owner of the car. So it's a pretty cool wow. pretty cool deal to find a car like that. It was parked in nineteen thirty one and I found it.
0: How did you find it?
1: There was a guy uh turkey hunting uh down in Georgia on a farm and he looked in the in the window of the barn and he, and he sees it in there and asks uh, what that car is and the guy says, Well yeah, I inherited this farm from my father and uh he inherited it from this general that was in the army and that car's been in the garage since nineteen thirty one. And so we ended up buying the car and bringing it to Pebble Beach and winning a great award with it. But that's one of the great cars. We have a Hudson Italia, Studebakers, we, we, a little bit of everything. And uh, but and, and people always ask me how many cars we have, and my answer always is, well, we have way too many, but never enough. (laughs)
0: you know it's always fascinating to me is how you find these cars granted i'm sure you get certain amount of people who've seen your show they know you because of that and and maybe because of your business but the whole concept of finding these cars out there in barns or anywhere else and somehow ending up in the hands of somebody who can do something with them always fascinates
1: well and 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 you know that's that's the tagline of our show it's it's all about the chase Uh, so that's the exciting part and a good friend of mine richie klein always said you know once you buy a car and you chase it and you're able to acquire it and then you drive it a little bit and then you park it, they just became another can of peas on the shelf, unfortunately, you know, and, and, uh, you, you're always looking, and people say, what's the best car? The next car is the best car
0: because it's always exciting. When you have cars and you, you, of course, as we all do, you've sold them, had, you know, gotten rid of them for whatever reason. Is there a car in your past that you wish you could get back? Oh yeah, there's a lot of those
1: cars. You know, a lot of those cars uh, for for many reasons, financial reasons. Sometimes you know you sell a little too early, um, but there's there's certain cars that have uh, a special meaning sometimes, and and so you you always want to get that particular car back. And I've been able to buy some some of those cars back. Uh, one of the cars I regretted was a little Alpha Julietta Spider that uh, i sold uh, to a, a friend of mine and he he really pressured me into selling it to him and so i said okay well all, all right i'll sell it, but you got to sell it back to me in case so he he had it for about a year and a half and he called me and says okay will you give me the same amount of money that you, i paid you and i said of course not <laughs> 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 yeah. i've got to get a little break on it so so i did, did end up buying it back and, uh-huh. and now um we have a, a special needs trust for our autistic daughter, and so
0: those special cars are all in her trust. Oh, that's very nice. That's very nice. Um, do you remember seeing the uh, advertisement that Chevrolet did about the the father that got rid of the 65 Impala, his kids went out and somehow found it? Um, that whole concept of trying to find people or people trying to find cars that they used to have, is that even... Do, since you've been doing something like that, does that make any sense to that that could happen?
1: It, you know, it's very difficult unless it's a, it's a really a low-production car. So, you know, and I have people contact me constantly about this, you know, at least twice or three times a week. You know, she's like to find dad's old car or the car that my mom used to drive or this or that. And what is it? Well, it was a Chevrolet Impala, you know, built in 1965. And here's the chassis number. Well, they, they made a zillion of those cars. And so it's very, very difficult to track that down if if it's a if it's a low production car for instance uh, the episode about Herb Chambers and we found his old Daytona spider well they made only 122 of those cars so to find his old spider we had one in 122 chances out there finding the car and fortunately we were able to find that car it wasn't really our mission but yet it was always on the back of my mind on the radar and and when i found out the chassis number we we went out and we bought it from the person
0: you ever thought about that corvette you ever thought about uh the one you got and couldn't drive because of the insurance costs and then you ever thought of getting something like that
1: yeah you know um i always loved that car you know 66 maroon corvette with the spinner uh hubcaps you know redline tires i mean it, it was a very very cool looking car um i was able to drive it a couple of times my father's dealer plate on it you know so i took it to junior prom i did those things but um it was a cool car, but whether I'd like to chase it down again, probably not. It's one of those cars that okay, it's gone. Uh, but
0: there's certain cars that yeah, you certainly would love to 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 uh, be able to buy back. Leads me to the next question: You've you can get any car, and you probably have <laughs> over your over your show. Is there a car out there, assuming price was no object, and you could do that? Is there a car out there you haven't had that you would really is number one on your list?
1: Well, there's a couple. There's an H.C. Alpha that uh, John Mozart owns, and and uh, I think it's probably one of the most gorgeous uh, cars ever built, and most powerful, and and you know for the era, uh, we're talking '30s Alpha. And matter of fact, I was on the Colorado Grand this year, and John was driving that car and the Colorado Grand. It was all muddy and dirty and rain soaked, you know. But it's really cool to see a car like that It's one Pebble Beach, and now he takes it out and he uses it, and that car is unobtainable. Uh, but the the probably the most uh, obtainable car that I would ever want to uh, buy is a 250 short wheelbase Ferrari 1960, 250 short wheelbase. I've been able to restore eight of them for clients, so I've been able to see the cars and use them and drive them. And to me, it's the most beautiful, purpose-built little race car uh, that you could drive to the racetrack, race it, and then uh, drive it home. And uh, its balance is so good. I mean, when you're talking guys that can afford to buy most cars and they're great drivers. So Bobby Rahal is a good example. Bobby's a great friend of mine. And the one car that he has in his collection that he loves the most is a short-wheel-based Ferrari
0: because it drives so well. Uh, you've had so many opportunities to have personality cars. Cars that are unusual, people, uh, famous people's cars. Um, I believe on a show recently, uh, I think they were talking about the one with the Janice Joplin car. Give me the story of the Janice Joplin car.
1: So Janice Joplin, uh, bought this 1964 Porsche 356 SC cab, um, after seeing another Porsche in, in the Haight Ashbury section of San Francisco, uh, and was painted with flowers all over it. And she decided that she wanted to have something very similar. So she went out and bought a four-year-old, this is a 1968, four-year-old Porsche SC cab. And she gave it to one of her roadies. And it was very artistic. And she says, paint something on it. Make it look wild and crazy. And here's 500 bucks. And and, uh, do what you can. And so he came out with this great... Paint scheme that's on the car, which basically tells the, the the basically the story of the universe, and and you know, so it's got a picture of Marin County, and it's got it's got all these things on it, and it's a great paint job. So the cars come up for sale right now, and so we decided to do a story on that car, and uh, it's 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 a wonderful car. So it's a car that's an automobile, it's a piece of art that you normally would say, hanging on the wall. Mm-hmm. And it's a piece of rock and roll history because it was Jonas Joplin's car, and that was her everyday driver. Wow. So uh, it, it's got great history. Uh, it's It belongs to her brother and sister, and they've decided to sell the car after being 20 years in the Rock and
0: Roll Hall of Fame. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. I always wonder, just going back just a little bit, when you were doing that, when the concept came up to do the show, how did that transition from you know you were doing cars, you were fixing up cars? How did you get into chasing classic cars? It was
1: it was a great story that um, uh, I bought a Hudson Italia, which is a really unusual car that made 25, right. and uh, mine's number 13, and uh, I was able to buy that car. I, I chased it some, since I was 16 years old, and I bought it when I was 52, and I kept after that car. Um, and I was able to purchase it. Donald Osborne, who's a great friend of mine and a great writer. Um, and he's also on Jay Leno's new show. Um, he wrote an article that appeared in the New York times about that chase, that pursuit of all those years. And Jim Ostrowski, who's the head of our production company, uh, read the article on Sunday, and called me Monday morning and said, I'd like to do a TV show about you. I said, well, for what reason? And he said, well, you sound like a pretty interesting guy. I've made a few phone calls this morning. Everybody says you're a nice guy. Uh, can I come up and talk to you? So Jim arrived uh, about an hour later. We sat in our office, my office, for about 10 minutes. He told me his concept to basically follow me around with a camera. I would have to know no lines, there would be no script, there would be nothing. He just wants to document what I do. Um, and that was
0: nine years ago. Can you believe if someone had said to you 10 years ago that you would be like this major media star, if you will, when it comes to cars? Uh, would you buy that? No,
1: never, never. I mean, and I'm 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 not an actor. I'm not a you know I'm not a good speech uh, a person that that can go out and give a major speech somewhere. Um, I had no acting skills at all. But it's not acting. This is reality. And that's the deal I made with Jim. I said, if you want to film me, but don't get in my way, I'm doing my business. And if people seem to like that, well, it's taken off and it's become a, a huge success. Um, and Shauna, who was with Discovery, she was the head of, of all the programming um, when she first gave us that option to do a, a series. Uh, she, she took me aside and she warned me. She says, your life's about to change. And I said, why is that? She says, everyone will know who you are within six months. And she was correct. Uh, within six months and then a year. And after two years, it was just huge. So it was, hey, car guy. Then it was, Hey, aren't you that guy on <laughs> TV? And then it was, hey Wayne, everybody knows your first name, and, and uh, it, it's pretty wild.
0: Yeah, and that's a good thing, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's really wild, just really crazy. We're we're in now thirty seven countries, so it's one of the shows that Discovery has that sells it internationally. So it's it's one of the most popular uh, automobile shows in all of Europe
0: and South America, Russia. Where do you want this show to go? Is it just continuing along its way? Are there cars that you know that are out there that really propel you as far as chasing after those classic cars?
1: Well, I think uh, I think the next step is is to actually go and do some other things like in Europe and South America. We'd love to do some things like that and visit other countries that we know that we have fans as well as there's great cars there. Um, we are going to go back and do the, uh, the London and Brighton rally again next year. We're going to hopefully do the Mille Mille. Um, so do some rallying, do some events, but it, it, take a different spin on it because it's pretty boring watching somebody just drive a car
0: all day yeah. in a rally, True. so there has to be more to it. So uh, we'll 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 put a little more spice into it. Last thought. People are sitting here and watching your show, and it's always funny because you watch people do things, it always looks easy. It, always, it can't be that difficult. It's on TV. If you were going to give anybody an ad- advice as far as, hey, I want to try something like that, I want to do something like that, I want to find a special car... What advice would you give?
1: Well, what you have to do is go and buy something that you like or get involved with the cars that you like, because uh, you know television just doesn't happen for everybody. i'm I'm a very, very fortunate person to have this happen to me. Uh, but yet, if you just buy the cars you like, don't worry about investment. Don't worry about the financial aspect that, that you're buying a car that everybody else wants too. Buy something that you like that's a little different maybe. You know, so if everybody's buying Chevrolets and there's nothing wrong with Chevrolets or Fords, but buy a Studebaker. Buy a, buy a Hudson. Something like that. Um, you become the person that they all look at. You know, rather than the masses. So you know, with a hundred Model As lined up, and then you have a you know a, a Willie's Knight or something like that. Um, everybody's going to want to come and talk to you. And, and so I just bought a little Nash station wagon, an Aeroflight station wagon, 1952. It's the most unusual car. I take it to a car show, and people are stepping on the other cars to see this car. It's just an old funky little station wagon, but it's unusual. and Nobody sees it. So
0: unusual cars, I think, is the best uh, best advice I can give. Our 2015 interview with Wayne Carini of Chasing Classic Cars. Now 14 years on that show, and no slowing down for him or the show. Of course, we have new podcasts coming up with our uh, studios here, and also uh, some interesting guests that you're going to want to listen to and get their car stories and find out what they're up to and their automotive uh, careers and some shows that are coming up as well that you may not have seen yet that you're going to want to check out after talking to them. Hey, remember to subscribe to our podcast on radio.com, iTunes, and knx1070.com so that way you can be notified when a new Talking About Cars is uploaded and you won't miss a thing. And again, if you're on iTunes, please rate us, five stars would be requested, and give us a little review as well. Please follow us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, where we are talking about cars and on Twitter we where we are talk n the letter n talk n about cars also remember to join me when I join hot rod bob uh, in his great american auto scene show that's going to be coming up from his new studios i believe that's the uh, two tired guys Ventura County office we will uh, have that studio as well in fact we'll probably be doing a little bit of a webinar thing going on you know how we do the meetings and you get everybody involved and of course with what's going on in social media nowadays and and webcasts and all that because of the virus pandemic uh it's certainly opening a different aspect of the podcast realm and don't forget we are also at talkingaboutcars.net until next time i'm randy crudum join me as we have some fun talking about cars